We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your host, as always. And joining me today is a very special guest. I'm sure you might recognize him from uh, ESPN or Bleacher Report back in the day, Mr. Matt Miller. Matt, thanks for taking the time to join me today. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. I'm excited. I haven't talked about the Chargers all pre-draft. You were my very first Chargers interview, so this is going to be a lot of fun. There we go. You know, it's a, it's a very low-key year for the Chargers. There's for the first time ever in my lifetime as, as a fan, they're actually talking about trading back under Tom Telesco, which is is, is a new thing for us. So uh, it's been a low-key draft for sure, but excited to uh, pick your brain on, on everything. Before we get started in like the nitty-gritty Charger stuff, I do want to get some general questions from you. Um, and, you know, this is uh, – I listened to the Joel Klatt show, and he actually asked Daniel Jeremiah some basic questions, and I thought it was great because we never really talk about basic questions. So – Um, in terms of your, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, right? You know, Bleach Report, ESPN, how has covering the draft maybe changed for you over the last few years, you know, with the increase in technology and pro days and everything like that? And obviously your role change, how have you kind of seen this process evolve for you? Oh, wow. That is a, that's, we could spend all of our time on that (laughs) alone. Uh, so my first draft was 2011. So Cam Newton uh, was my first draft and I was at that class was stacked. Oh, yeah. It's like all Hall of Famers and like all pros. Right. So I very spoiled right out the jump. So uh, I was at Bleacher Report. I had only been full. Well, I don't even know if I was full time yet, to be honest. I think I was still like part time at Bleacher Report then. So um, obviously it's changed now because I work for the largest sports media company in the world, which is pretty cool to see that development. But also, I think I think access is much easier now than it used to be. So when I was breaking in, um, you had to like, I used to joke, you had to beg, borrow and steal to get tape on players. So obviously that even just like YouTube, uh, there are times where three ESPN, like they don't have tape on a player yet. I'm like, well, I really want to watch this guy. I hop on YouTube and watch cutups of anyone I want. And sometimes it's actually faster to go about that way. So I think mm-hmm. access is, has been easier. Um, I feel like we're exposed to a lot more players now than we are. I was actually talking to someone about 
like D2 players the other day. And I live in an area that is a hotbed of D2 football. So I've always been very familiar with it. But, you know, it's it's everyone is now because we just have, I think, for all the greatness that and, and bad that goes with social media, we live in these communities now where we're able to share information and opinions. And I think the draft Twitter community is so good about that, that, you know, there are times I'll just be scrolling through Twitter and see a player who I'm like, wait, wait a second, who is that? I don't, I haven't watched them yet. And it's, so yeah. it's made it, I think, a little bit easier to get that, you know, list of 500 players that we need to evaluate. So, I mean, for real, we could spend three hours on how draft media has changed. My first combine, all the media could fit in like a hallway at Lucas Oil. Now all the media fits in like massive ballrooms at the Indiana Convention Center. So it's it's been a wild, like awesome ride to see how the draft has become its own event. You know, when I when I left Bleacher Report in 2021, the draft was the third most popular sport at ESPN behind oh uh, the NFL and the NBA. So in terms of like what users subscribe to in the app, what people watch, the draft was the, the its own sport basically. So it's been it's been awesome to see the you know fans really rally around the draft and make it its own tentpole event. That's crazy when you put it like that too. I mean, like I, I know for yeah. us as Chargers fans, the draft is frankly as sad as it is, kind of like our Super Bowl, right? Like because everything is all positive. Yeah. And so you know, I, I've seen you know in my short time, kind of really focusing in on media that. You know, like you said, it's grown a ton over the years. Um, you know, when it comes to like the draft, I, I think my least favorite thing is like how nitpicky it can be at times. And I'm guilty <laughs> yeah. of that myself. And, you know, we always hear like, oh, this is a bad whatever class. This is a bad receiver class. This is a bad linebacker class. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm guilty of that myself. So I'll ask you, what what's your favorite part of this specific draft class? Yeah, so real quick, I, I'm guilty of that as well. And I'm very glad you bring that up because it's something I have like vowed to do better at. And here's the thing, like you still have picks that you have to use. So even if it's, yeah. oh, it's a bad linebacker class or it's a bad offensive guard class, you also got to make your pick. So go find good players. You know, it's, yeah. it's the job of, 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 you know, for me to, it's my job to find good players to share with fans and readers and viewers. It's scout's job to find those for their team. Um, so w- one thing I love about this class is the corner group, um, mm. not just the top tier guys like Devon Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr. They're studs, right? They're so good. But I think it's been also fun to watch players like uh, I'm a big DJ Turner fan from Michigan. So to watch, you know, the the kind of opinion around him shift post combine and ask people dig into film more and or Julius Brents from Kansas State, who pops at the, the senior bowl and then you just watch him have this you know kind of steady climb as more people start to talk about him so I really like this cornerback class you probably could have looked back in like August and said yeah it looks like a good corner group but I I, I feel like it's guys mm-hmm. that we weren't talking about you know we were talking about Keely Ringo and Cam Smith and they're still really good players but Witherspoon and Gonzalez you know we're we're really climbers throughout the process and and now I think we have a really good round two and round three group of corners so it's such a good group. Yeah, definitely a good class to to Nina Corner Group. I I went to the University of Utah, and so I, I feel bad. I can barely hype up my guy Clark Phillips because this is such a stacked corner group. So right, just... <laughs> he's almost been forgotten about, right? On yeah, the, you know the the national stage. You're absolutely right. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, yeah, so very good corn class excited about that group. Um, we'll see what the Chargers do there, but, um, kind of getting into the specifics here, I'll start with a big name that's really circling on Chargers social media. And that's B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas. Every mock draft I read is like, I think he's going to go earlier than this, but I couldn't find a spot for him. Uh, what's right. your kind of evaluation of him and, and ultimately where do you see him going in this draft? You, you asked the right guy on your podcast to talk about <laughs> Bijan. I am a gigantic University of Texas football fan, so I've seen every every play of Bijan's career. I've, I mean, I was watching his high school tape. I was so excited for him to go to Texas. So um, you're right. Uh, every I do so many of these interviews, and I get asked, where's Bijan going to go? And you always say, well, he's a top five talent, but he'll probably be a top 20 pick. But where? You know, right. the, the where is impossible. And even when I talk to, to scouts, they're like, well, someone will trade up for him. Someone will trade up. But no one's willing to put a name with <laughs> yeah. that. It's just the – I think the the perception is he's too talented to fall. Someone will trade up to get him. And in some ways, it's a lot like the Kyle Pitts conversation a couple of years ago where people said, like, no way a tight end is going to go that early, especially a tight end who doesn't block. But the, the other side of it was this guy's too talented to fall. And he obviously ended up going number number uh, six overall, five mm-hmm. overall uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't think Bijan will go that early, but – he is a tremendous do-it-all back, and I, I think he is the answer to a team's running back problems because he's a power back with breakaway speed who has amazing hands, and that is so hard to find. So, I mean, running back by committee is in vogue right now. Uh, Bijan takes that away. Like your, your number two running back is not doing a whole lot when you have him on the field. You know, yeah. it's, he's not a guy you want to take the ball out of his hands. So whether it's the Chargers or another team that grabs him, I firmly believe he will be the best running back in football within the next couple of years. That's, and I'm taking my like biased Texas hat off when I say that. I, have, I don't think I've ever seen a, a player that has not only his blend of you know, power and balance, uh, pass-catching ability, speed, but then you add in the off-field, which is everyone you talk to says, like, this is one of the greatest people I've ever worked with. So, I mean, you think about Saquon, Zeke coming out. They were both very, very highly praised. I think he's he's on that level, if not a tick above, because of some of the the other things that he brings to the table. Yeah, I just I love watching him create yards like behind the backfield or behind the line of scrimmage, and just his ability to you know find creases that other running backs cannot. And you know I, I think right. you see 
a very quality running back prospect in his same backfield in Roshan Johnson, but it just looks different with yeah. Bijan. And he can, and like I said, you know, Roshan's a quality prospect, but Bijan, I think, like you said, I think he's just a tick above everything we've seen recently. Yeah, I mean, being at the Texas versus Alabama game earlier this year, even watching Bijan against Jamar Gibbs, and Jamar Gibbs is a great prospect in his own right. Mm. There's a difference in those two. You know, Gibbs is such a great receiver, and he's this kind of smaller slasher back. And Bijan's just a bulldozer, you know, that has a second gear. That can, it's a bulldozer that can actually outrun you. And that's just, it doesn't exist. You know, I mean, I know Derrick Henry is that. Bijan's obviously not that powerful, but he brings an agility element to the game that mm-hmm. Henry just doesn't have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, kind of same vein here, you know, a lot of focus on adding offense to the Chargers in the first round of the draft, whether that's a tight end or a wide receiver. How would you go about addressing those two positions if you were the Chargers? Because I think this is a deep tight end group. You know, obviously it yep. seems like a, a generally, you know, not as top heavy receiver group. Um, yep. So if you needed a receiver and a tight end in this draft, kind of what would your process be, you know, if you were the Chargers? Yeah, I, I go receiver in the first round. I, I mean, assuming that there's still value there. You know, if we see uh, Jackson Smith, the jig was going to be gone. You know, if we see teams grab Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, then maybe and Jalen Hyatt, Maybe you start to have a different conversation. But I think mm. assuming that one of those guys are on the board, I like the value of tight ends in round two a lot better. Um, you know, Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer are, are in that mix. You know, which tight end is going to go first? They're both incredibly talented. I know you said you're a Utah guy. You know how good Kincaid is after the catch yeah. and all the, the beautiful things he can do. But the drop-off, in my opinion, from those guys to a Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, Sam Laporta from Iowa, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of really good tight ends. Darnell Washington from Georgia probably going to be gone by the second round, but it is such a good tight end class that I feel like the way you would probably want to stack your draft is like imagine you can get Jordan Addison, you know, who's uh, just this great route runner, sure handed receiver, uh, very, very poised, not super top end fast, but you guys have had a great wide receiver who's very similar to that in Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. So you could get Jordan Addison around one. If you could get Luke Musgrave in round two, like boom. There you go. You're solid, right? You've got your answers right there. So I, I think that you you have better value as opposed to going Dalton Kincaid in round one and then around two at receiver. You're like, man, is Marvin Mims going to be available? Are we looking at a Cedric Tillman? Are we looking at Rasheed Rice? Because I, I think the drop off there, you're starting to get at some deficiencies with those players. Whereas a tight end, like, you know, if you get Luke Musgrave in, in the middle of round two, you're in great shape. So that's that's the direction I would try to go. Yeah, I, I'm very curious to see what they do because it seems like, you know, they really like Josh Palmer, I think, more so than kind of the public is is uh, keen to. And, and I'm a huge fan of his as well. So I do – I actually get that one. I'm, I'm on board yeah. with that. You know, he's – it's funny because Chargers fans are like, you know, he shouldn't stop you from drafting somebody or like he's amazing, like he should draft you or he should stop you from drafting somebody. So there's a bit – there's a wide range of uh, opinions on Josh Palmer and in, in the Chargers fan base too, but – I I don't know. I feel like Michael Mayer just kind of checks a lot of boxes for them. I guess we'll ultimately see, yeah. but um, hard to go wrong in, that, in, in either of those groups. I think there's there's a lot of safe avenues for them. Um, also, a need for the Chargers doesn't necessarily get talked a lot about is pass rusher. Um, mm-hmm. You know, well, kind of seems like at 21, most of the top tier ones are going to be gone at that point. Maybe you're talking yourself into a round two, round three kind of pass rusher. Who are some names that we can maybe keep an eye on for day two pass rushers in this class? 
Yeah, I, at 21, I would throw out the name Miles Murphy from Clemson, who had a, a – you and I were talking on Tuesday afternoon. He had a great pro day workout today. So I think he's kind of put himself in that conversation. But uh, I'm with you, man. Round two, I think you can find yourself a value pass rusher. Derek Hall from Auburn, who had a, a really good senior bowl process. Isaiah Bosky from Notre Dame uh, are, are definitely two players that I have in like the late 50 range, excuse mm-hmm. me, who could be – you know, you guys are set with Joey Bosa, right? And you've got Khalil Mack. So if this player needs to yeah. be more. Who's your third rusher? And I think you can take a chance on a player like a Derek Hall that needs developed a little bit, you know, that needs to add a little more power to his game or like a, a Foskey who doesn't have great first step quickness, but, you know, does bring, you know, length and, and you know, second effort ability. So those are, are two players that I, I really like in that range. Um, if you go round three, my like super sleeper favorite pick is Dylan Horton from TCU. He was a mm. safety when he got to TCU. And if you watch oh, wow. the the playoffs, the dude just went off. I mean, he was he was everything for TCU on defense, which uh, do, do not watch the Georgia game for that side of things. But if you watch <laughs> against Michigan, watch the yeah, Michigan yeah. game. And he's he's a difference maker. Um I mean, the Michigan game is its one of the better games you'll see a player on defense have this past year. And, and I mean, he's bringing sack production. He's getting interceptions. I mean, he's just everywhere uh, for that Horn Frogs defense. So if if it goes to round three and you're like, hey, we've got a little time to develop a guy, Dylan Horton would be my pick. Interesting. I did not know he was a former safety. Um, so he doesn't look like to... it, right? He's, no, he yeah. doesn't look like it at all. So that's an, that's an interesting one. Um, speaking of Georgia. I don't know about you, but I, like at this point in this class, like, you know, I haven't watched a, a, everybody and somebody mentioned to me recently, like, oh, you should watch Robert Beal from Georgia. I'm like, I've watched like 10 Georgia defensive players. I'm kind of out on Georgia at right. this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets to that point. I have watched the Georgia Ohio State game seven or eight times, yeah. you know, and that that's not like cut ups. That's the game. So yeah. you definitely do get to a point in this process where, my son is nine and he's always like once, which is great. Like he wants to watch games with me, but we will get in the habit of watching the same games because he knows those players, you know? So yeah. it's like, buddy, I don't think we need to watch CJ Stroud anymore. Like we're, <laughs> we're good on CJ Stroud. We can move on to someone else. So uh, Robert Beal is another interesting one though, especially, I mean, if you wanted a stand up rusher, uh, I think I have him early day three, but if you wanted a, a you know, guy who's going to be a stand up uh, off the edge player, I mean, he could definitely be a fit. There you go. That was a, that was a nice transition there. Um, all right. Last question here for me, Mag. We'll get you out of here. Um, who are some of your, uh, uh, you know, Jordan Reed was pointing this out the other day, uh, the gold star players, like outside of the top 50, yeah. maybe players that you're definitely putting your name on in this class. Yeah, I need to go do that. Uh, Jordan does that every year and I, I've never <laughs> yeah. wanted to steal the idea, but damn it. It's such a good idea. It's such a good I, idea. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. So Dylan Horton, I'm claiming him. Uh, so send this to Jordan, Tom hands off. Uh, I would say Christopher Smith, the Georgia safety. He's not very big. He's not very fast. I just, I love the way he plays. Uh, and, and so easy for me to root for him. Uh, Dan Henley, the linebacker from Washington state, although he might be like fringe top 50. So that I might be cheating a little bit there. We'll count I love we'll Charlie count Jones. You'll count him. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Charlie Jones receiver at Purdue. This dude went was at Iowa where they just don't throw the football. But he had played peewee ball with Aiden O'Connell. So he's like, you know what, I'll go to Purdue. And, I mean, the first six, seven weeks of the season, he was the best receiver in college football. So I'm a, I'm a big Charlie Jones fan. There we go. I didn't All these connections, man. This is why you guys are the best. You know, I didn't had no idea he played peewee football with Aiden O'Connell. So You can tell I'm doing draft uh, prep work because it's all background. Like, I've watched film <laughs> for nine months, and now it's yeah. like, 
what did this guy major? What does his mom do for a living? You know, it's all those little nuggets that make the difference. I love it. I love it. Uh, Matt, this has been great, man. What can we uh, look forward to? Obviously, the draft's about three weeks away. So what uh, what kind of appearances are you doing? Where can Charge fans go and find some of your work in the, in the final stretch here? Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, keep your television tuned to ESPN. Uh, feels like there's there's a lot going on every day. But also, I will take a second to plug ESPN Plus because we do a lot of draft specials. I know the guys are doing one today. We're breaking out Todd McShay's new mock draft, which you always get a lot more insight in those because we can we can be a little bit long-winded. So those are great specials that you'll get on the mock drafts. Those come out every Tuesday. Uh, my own mock draft and rankings will come the week of the draft. So right now we're doing, like I said, a lot of prep work, but uh, it's still a ton of appearances on NFL Live, Sports Center, Get Up. It's it's all day, every day right now. It's it's the season, one of the best times of the year, right. in my opinion. So. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for joining me. We wish you uh, nothing but the best and successful drafting in in the coming weeks. Appreciate it, man. Good luck to you guys and the Chargers. Thank you. Appreciate it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.